Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Isaiah 53, 5 says, I hope you remember this by now. <laughs> but, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Or he was pierced, excuse me, for our iniquities, crushed for our transgressions. By his wounds, we are healed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. And like Alora said, God, we're so grateful that you remain faithful even when we're unfaithful. God, we're so grateful that you remain faithful even when the whole world can be unfaithful to you. God, we're so grateful that you are good, period, no comma. You are so good. And God, we're thankful, God, that every time we come to you, Lord, you are, you, 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 it's like when you, your, your presence is around us, you're just sharing your goodness with us, God. And it's just so contagious, Lord. And we're so grateful to be here. And we just ask, God, that you would speak to us, God, that you would use my voice and use this message that you have made to speak to your people, to uplift them and encourage them, to break uh, brokenness, God, and to bind up the brokenhearted, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. And specifically, I just ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, you've been helping me all, all series long, and I pray that you help me with this uh, sermon as well, and that you would do your amazing work, Lord Jesus. We ask you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Good to see you, church. Uh, we're grateful, and I really hope that you have remembered that because uh, it's important to remember Scripture. And if you have, uh, just to let you know, we also have some journals that are free for you. And in that journal, there's some Scriptures in there that I would love for you to memorize because when you're going through your struggles and you're going through your wounds, it's important to remember who you are. It's important to remember what God's Word says, right? When we have our wounds and we go through the battles that we face, it's really, really Important. I'm not sure if we have it on the screen, but the title of this message, if you're going to write in your notes or type in your phone, don't worry. I know you're not on Instagram. You're on your notes, right? Can I just get an amen? Can I get a witness? All right. All right. Or else we're going to kick you out. And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. The title of this message today is called Birds and Butterflies. You're like, what does that have to do with wounded? Birds and butterflies. Today, I just want to talk, uh, take a few minutes, and actually, because we, we're doing worship a little bit, who enjoyed a little bit of extended worship, right? Come on, somebody. All right. That's okay. Uh, so uh, I might not have the, uh, uh, all the time, to sh- uh, the, the normal time I have, but I'll condense it. So I call this message today, Birds and Butterflies. And today, I want to talk a few minutes about struggle. Say struggle. struggle. Look at somebody. Even if you don't know them, look at them awkwardly. Say struggle. Say struggle. Awesome. I want to take a few moments to talk about struggle. Because we're wounded, we struggle. Because we're wounded, we struggle. Say that one more time. Because we're wounded, we struggle. And because we're wounded, we struggle with addiction. We struggle with things like depression. Because we're wounded, we struggle with fear. Because we're wounded, we struggle with faith. All right? It's okay if you struggle with faith in this place. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know that I don't struggle with Jesus Christ being God in my life. I don't struggle with knowing that there is a God. I don't struggle with knowing that there is a heaven. I don't struggle at all with knowing that the Bible is the absolute word of God, immutable. I don't struggle with that anymore. I've wrestled with it. Let me tell you, there is some tough stuff in the Bible that is hard to wrestle with, all right? But I believe it in faith. Come on, somebody, all right? Now, now, and I just want to open this up a little bit. If you're in this place and you struggle with your faith, can I just say it's okay 
Do you know some of the greatest heroes in the Bible, some of the greatest, greatest heroes in the world have struggled with doubt? Mother Teresa struggled with doubt. But let me tell you something. It's okay to struggle with faith, but keep continuing to put one foot in front of the other, and you're going to make it. Come on, somebody. So even though you're struggling, even though you're wrestling, it's okay if you struggle with doubt. But I want you to, I don't know, I don't know a person in my life, and I know a lot of pastors and ministers who've not struggled, who struggle with faith. They, they do. But let me tell you, the people who are faithful, even though they don't get it, all the, answer, all the pieces in the midst of a storm, they know that Jesus is their anchor, and that's not wavering. Come on, somebody. They might not understand what the season may look like right now. You might not understand your season. Right now, you might not understand the wounds or the pains. But as long as Jesus Christ is your anchor, come on, somebody, you ain't going nowhere. Ain't no storm going to take you down. Ain't no, nothing that Satan's going to do to remove that, faith, uh, that, 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 uh, that stability in your life. But because we're wounded, we struggle with forgiveness. Because we're wounded, we struggle with success. Um, and what do I, yeah, you can struggle with success. You know, actually I had a, a, a he's not a pastor, but he's a, a kind of a minister in the city. Great. And I know a lot of the ministers in the city. And I, I will never forget, it's not even my notes, never forget, a guy told me, I was telling him, you know, I hope our church does great and I hope it, you know, continues to succeed. This was a while, a years ago. And you know what he told me? He says, you know what, son, your, your, your church is going to succeed. He said, most people around this town don't know what to, how to deal with success. We struggle with success. Look at Hollywood, right? What do you do when you get to the top? I don't know, right? Not good enough, right? Uh, anyway, I'll leave that right there, okay? Uh, how about this, though? Some of us are busy bees all the time. We work, we're workaholics. Why? Because we're wounded, right? That's not even my... We're, we're working so much because we want to ignore the wound that's there. So, boss, I'm going to do everything you want and more, but not only because I want to serve you and do my job well, but I don't really want to pay attention to my wounds. I really don't want to go home to my husband. I really don't want to go home to my wife. I really don't want to deal with that issue, so I'd rather stay at work 24-7. I'd rather, go, I'd rather get this amazing, awesome opportunity and succeed with this amazing career, but all the while still be empty inside. Am I preaching to somebody? All right? We're, we're wounded. We can be successful and still be wounded. In fact, Pasadena, I, I meet people all the time uh, who, who move to Pasadena for a career and get a great career, but all the while still wounded inside, all right? I want to let you know that you could be successful and healed. Come on, somebody. Can I get a good amen, all right? Because we're wounded, we struggle with relationships. Because we're wounded, we struggle with our marriage. We struggle with our identity, all right? And we're, why are we wounded? I, talk, I, I won't get into that a whole lot today because we're in our third series. How, how many of you really have enjoyed this series? Come on, somebody. All right, awesome, awesome. Um, I won't get into a lot, but we're wounded because we've been traumatically hurt. We've been, we've been abused, maybe sexually abused, maybe you've been verbally abused. I have been verbally abused so bad in my life. Some of us have been ignored. Some of us have been mistreated. Some of us have been fired when we weren't supposed to be fired. All these things have been leaving us with bruises and wounds in our life. And this message series is all, and I hope you get this, out of four messages, the fourth one's next week, four messages that Jesus Christ was wounded on purpose, taking your wounds, taking them to the cross of Calvary so that he can say, son, daughter, you don't have to live this way anymore. You don't have to live with depression. You don't have to live with abandonment. You don't have to live with these wounds because I was wounded so that you can be healed. Anybody out there? 
You don't have to let the wounds call the shots today. You don't have to let the wounds call the shots in the marriage, in the workplace, in your family's life. Man, I, I just, I'm just, can I just preach today and be a little candid? I, I remember when I got married, I thought I dealt with some of my wounds. I got to be careful because my in-laws are here. I'm just <laughs> but when I got married, and I knew my wife for many years, all of a sudden, wounds started to come up. And my wife's like, homeboy, I didn't know this guy when I was dating him. Where, where did this guy come from? Wounds just started to surface. One of my greatest wounds is, is I, I str- talking about struggle, I struggle with family all my life. I struggle with family, and it, it makes me tearful. I've never had family. You're looking at a pastor who, you, <laughs> I hope it doesn't scare you, who never really had family. Now I do. I married my in-laws, and, and, and my, me and my mom have been reconciled by the grace of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We have been reconciled, me and my father, you know, my, as I've been sharing my story. So I've struggled with family all my life. I've never, I don't think I've ever, I'm not even exaggerating. I've never had an opportunity to have Thanksgiving meal with my mother and my father and my sisters. I've never had a Christmas with my mother, my father, and my sisters. My sisters are here today. They're beautiful, amazing, amazing young ladies. And I want you to know I'm proud of you. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know some of my sisters were going to be here today, so it just makes me emotional because um, we've, we've dealt with a lot of wounds, and family is one of them. And as I become an old, a, a older man, as I, as I grow up, I realize there's still, there's still the little boy inside of Michael that's still hurting. There might be a little boy and a little girl in your life, in, in, in the heart of you, still wounded and battling those scars that that person hurt you with, with those words. With, the, with, the, with this mistreatment, saying that you're this and you're nobody, and you're still dealing with that in your professional career, and you're dealing with that in your marriage, and you're dealing with that being a father, and you're dealing with that being a, a mother. You guys out there. So we struggle with family. I, I didn't know what that concept was. When I married my wife, I was like looking through a, a glass window, kind of like, what is that world? And in ways, my wounds was coming up because the day I married her, I was like, in my spirit, I was like, she's all mine now. She's all mine now. And she's like, I'm going to go see my parents, brother. Not brother, but homeboy. You just need to relax. And I'm not divorcing my family. So guess what I was doing? I was trying to swipe. I didn't even know this. The wounds was coming out. It was speaking out of me. I, I was swiping my wife, making her my family, and trying to get her away from her family. I didn't even know that. And I wasn't intentionally saying that, was I? I was, but that was what my actions were. Your wounds will start controlling you. Come on, somebody. Your wounds will start calling the shots. And then I had some great brothers in my life say, Brother, if you want an amazing wife, she needs to be involved with her family. She can't divorce her family. You want her to be the amazing mom one day, she needs that. You know, Michael, you got to deal with your wounds. So I struggle with family all my life. And today I want to talk about struggles. And this is a really, really significant note. I would want you guys to write this down. Uh, struggles are, some struggles are bad, but some struggles are also good. All right, talking about birds and butterflies. Some struggles are also good. Yes, I said that. You mean what struggles? Let me tell you. Some struggles aren't just good for us. They are necessary for us. And I've often learned that my struggles are part of my development. Can I just share that with you? Some struggles are actually actually good for you. Some struggles are actually necessary for you. 
All right, I'll be talking about my family in a little bit. But birds and butterflies struggle. Somebody say the struggle is real. The struggle is real. But some struggle is good for you. And you know, I'm not just saying that because it's kind of cool and cliche. And I have to let you know, I'm not a big fan of cliches. My mom, whom I love, when she would encourage me, would always use cliches. And I'd be like, Mom, stop. <laughs> stop it. It's not helping. It, the pain is still there. All right. But she was trying to help. <laughs> um, now I lost my spot. Anyway, so talking about struggles, and birds and butterflies, struggles are good for us and they're necessary for us. Let me tell you, some of you here right now, you would not be the person who you are today if you had not struggled. You would not be the person that God wants you to become if you are not struggling. Come on, somebody. All right. So birds and butterflies. Why am I talking about that? Because in order for birds to become and fulfill the potential that they have they, when they're born, they need to break away from that eggshell. And in order for birds to fly, and in order for birds to soar, come on, am I preaching today to somebody? In order for them to soar and fly, they need to struggle through breaking through that egg. They need to peck through that egg. They need to, to, to just uh, strain at it. They need to do their best to get through it. And guess what? Those same muscles that are used to break away from the shell is deeply impact, impact, impactful and part of their development of flying. How about butterflies? It's the same with the butterfly. You might have heard this story before. A man watched this beautiful, awesome caterpillar. It was time for its metamorphosis time. And it, and it got into its cocoon, you know, it was doing its business, getting into its cocoon. And then finally, one day, he started to see it moving, the cocoon moving. And he saw the struggle. He saw the butterfly struggle. And he thought, you know, I don't want to see this butterfly struggle. I don't want to see it go through. So I'm going to help the process. And so what the man did is he actually cracked open the cocoon a little bit more to make it easier for the butterfly to get loose. But soon, days later, he would realize that the the butterfly, there's something wrong with the butterfly. What happened? He's like, I was just trying to help the, the butterfly not struggle as much. What was going on? Well, what happened is the butterfly's body was swollen and the wings were not developed as it should have been because he messed up, he tampered with the struggling process. Can I just get a witness out there? Can I get a, te- can I just, you, someone listen, you guys out there, because what I'm trying to say is that for some of us, we don't want to go through the struggle. For some of us right now, we're wounded. And let me tell you, if I not dealt with that in my family, my wife, I would, things would get worse. She would not like me, <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, all right? And she didn't like me at that time. Or she, she loved me, let's just say that, but she didn't like that about me, all right? Some of us don't want to go through the, the struggling process. And as I was taking time, but it's so part of your development. It's so part of your development today. Maybe God is doing something so grand in your life, and you can't see it. You can't see it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to share this with I have a few things I want to share with you, but one thing that's sticking out to me that's not in my notes as I was praying and spending time with God is there's a person in the Bible named Jacob. Say Jacob. Jacob was an amazing man, but he was all, you know, the name Jacob actually means uh, 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 supplanter. The name Jacob actually means deceiver, liar. And you know, God had such an encounter with him one day in Genesis that uh, 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 God was wrestling with him. Some of us are wrestling with God. 
Some of us are wrestling with our souls and we're wrestling with our wounds and we're struggling. And one day, because Jacob was a deceiver, and actually when Jacob was born, he was born, he was a twin, all right? And his brother was Esau. And when he was born, he came out of his mother uh, healing, uh, uh, clasping the heel of his brother. So his brother was born moments before him, but Jacob was born, he was literally coming out. That sounds, I know it's kind of a crazy picture in your mind, but coming out, he, holding on to the heel of his brother Esau. And he was a, his nickname is Heel Grabber. Deceived. He was born literally out of competition. So all his life, Jacob thought, you know what? I'm the underdog. Esau, my brother, has it going on, and I have to constantly compete with him. And in order for me to get ahead in life, I need to deceive, I need to supplant, I need to just kind of be a trickster to get ahead in life. But one day, God had an, this is not in my notes, y'all, God told me this to tell you this. One day, God had an encounter with Jacob, and he was going to meet, he had a reunion with his brother who he was really afraid of years later. And he was wrestling with God, and literally one night, this man started wrestling, God, wrestling uh, Jacob. And he's wrestling, and Jacob, Jacob can't beat this man. So he's wrestling. Some of us saw the UFC fight last night. We'll, we'll play, pray forgiveness on all that. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, it's a sport. It's a sport. All right. We'll just say that. I was thinking, anyway, he was wrestling with God. He was wrestling with, now I'm losing my spot, you know. He was wrestling with Jacob. And Jacob, Jacob couldn't defeat him. And it was a strenuous and, and Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you give me my blessing. Some of us are wrestling with God right now. And that's okay. Some of us are wrestling with our souls right now. But I love this, what happened. In fact, the, the, the person that was uh, wrestling Jacob, they say, they say, I believe, is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ wrestling, wrestling him. And you know what? The angel or God, as he was wrestling, Jacob said it, Jacob, he said, what's your name? What's your name? He's wrestling them. They can't, there's, this, there's this, you know, match going on. It's strenuous. They're striving. And he said, oh, what's your, isn't that a funny, you're wrestling somebody. What's your name, man? <laughs> what's your name? He said, what's your name? He says, my name is Jacob. Why are you asking? <laughs> this is a key point, moment right here for you. I think God wants you to know this. You know why God asked him his name? Because, Jake, <clears throat> because Jacob's name is deceiver, trickster. Because your name is supplanter. You, can't, you, you were born grabbing your brother's heel. And you don't have to live that way anymore. Jacob, I'm asking you your name because I want you to know your name. But Jacob, the angel said, yeah, your name is Jacob, but I have a new name for you. Some of us, God wants to give us a new name. And we don't have to live from our wounds anymore. So if we're stressed, we don't have to live with that identity. If we've been abused, we don't have to live with that identity. If we've been depressed all our life, if we've just been mistreated, if our husbands have been speaking down to us, if our wives, we don't have to live with that identity. And he says, I'm going to give you a new name. No longer Jacob. Oh, this is amazing. Come on, somebody. He says, your name is now Israel. Because Israel means struggles with God and struggles with man, but overcomes. And what a fitting name that is for Jacob. Because you, don't, you thought, Jacob, all along you had to get away with be, being a trickster? You, did, you need to trust me more. You don't have to get away. Sometimes we can use our wounds to our advantages. And Jacob was doing that. 
But God had to set him straight and say, you know, you need me more than your wounds. And if you follow me, I'm going to give you an amazing life and an amazing inheritance, an amazing destiny. And I want you to know that Jacob had a destiny on his life, just like you have a destiny on your life this morning. And your wounds are stopping you from inheriting that destiny. So God has to give you a new name. And he's going to call you Israel, meaning that you struggle with God and man, but you overcome. And how beautiful is that name for the Israelites? Because they would struggle with the Egyptians, but they would overcome the Egyptians. They would struggle in the wilderness, but they would overcome the wilderness. They will struggle in the promised land, but they will overcome in the, the issues with the promised land. I want to let you know this morning that if you're struggling with your wounds, you're going to overcome them. Amen. And some struggles are good for your life if you knew it. And in order for you to soar and fly, you need to struggle and break away through that egg. Amen. Ooh, it's that time already. Oh, my goodness. All right. Just a heads note, church culture, when the piano guy comes up, that's time to stop. <laughs> it's time to it's, it's look. But it actually helps sometimes preaching. I want to let you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm kind of rushing because of time, but I'm sorry, not sorry. But I want to let you know, one of, one of the things that I struggled with, I, I shared earlier, is my family. And I'm so proud of my sisters for being here. Ooh, I, think, I don't like to cry. Um, when I'm talking about family, I struggle with my family a lot. And I remember when I got married, I was probably, or, or some years after I got married, around, you know, 29, 28. We were, got married at 24, 25. And uh, I remember all of a sudden, my dad died in 2010 with a serious cancer issue. And I shared many, many times my dad was a drug addict all his life. He was a good man, but he was caught up in his wounds. You know, and, and can I just share with you, stop judging your neighbor, stop judging your family, stop judging the people who are really, they might be frustrating to you, but really what's going on is they're struggling with wounds that they may not even see and that you might see. But just pray for them and prophesy over them. You know, prophesy is foretelling, not just foretelling. Prophesy, this is a t- teaching, no. Prophesying is foretelling. God, this man, my cousin, whoever this family member, is going to be a man of Christ. This woman is going to be a woman of Christ. This woman has a destiny on her life. God, remove the drug. You got to foretell that. Come on, somebody. All right. But I struggled with family. And I remember my dad passed 2010. And all of a sudden in 2014, 15, five years later, I thought I suppressed those wounds and dealt with them. I remember I started to get sick. I started a new job. And uh, I would get, it was just really, I was working with kids and I didn't know it. I would get sick. And I would be well. I would get sick. I would be well. Kids just have the most potent germs. All right. I worked in education for many years. And you know, the devil will implant lies in your mind. Let me tell you something. So I've struggled with a spirit of death for a long time after my dad died. I thought I wasn't going to make it past 40. My dad was only 40 years old when he died. And I had this, this lie in my mind that, Michael, you're not going to make it, man. You're, you're, I mean, I'm literally thinking you're going to not make it after 40 because of my father. And so the sickness was kind of bringing out these, these wounds within me. And I thought, man, what's going on inside of me? And my wife was like, what's going on with you? And then I would go to the doctors and they would say, I would go to the doctors like three times. I checked your blood. I did everything I could. This is, this is funny. He would say, there's nothing wrong. With, I don't know what's wrong with you. There was something wrong, but not physical. There was something wrong emotional and, and, and uh, metaphysical, if you will. It was my spirit. 
And let me tell you something. I ask God, why am I struggling with the spirit of death? Some of us may struggle for young with that. God, why am I struggling with the spirit of death over my life? And you know what he told me that day? I will never forget. He says, the enemy knows your greatest weakness. And he knows your greatest fear, Michael. And what the enemy knows is that what you always wanted was a family. And so you feel that the en- you, what's happening is the enemy is implanting lies and, 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 and things in your mind to, to just make your life and your, your go astray and your wounds to kind of permeate. I always wanted a family because I never had a family. I remember the day, my sister's here, the day my dad came home to tell my youngest sister, who was only junior high schooler, to tell her he was, he was sick. That was one of the worst memories in my life. That he, went, he might not make it. And I'm thinking that when I grow up, this is going to be the same kind of thing. Let me tell you, your wounds, the, like I said it last week, are open doors. And if we don't take care of our wounds, the enemy is going to implant lies of deceit in there. And now we're going to be anxious, and now we're going to be depressed, and now we're going to be living in such a way that is contrary to the life that God wants for us. You guys out there. So our greatest growth, let me just say this, we don't need to live from our greatest fears. Too many of us are living from our greatest fears. That's not life. That's not life-giving. That's not the life that Jesus wants for you. God wants you to know, even though you have those fears, that you're going to take steps of faith into your promise. Come on, somebody. To your promise and to your destiny. You don't have to live like Jacob because God, because God has an Israel for you. You out there, all right? How about this? Our greatest growth comes from our greatest struggles. Our greatest growth crumbs from our greatest. I used to have a, a, a Bible teacher in Bible school. He used to always say this in class. I love it. He says, fruit grows in the valleys, not in the mountaintops. The fruit grows in the valleys and not in the mountaintops. Unless we struggle, our, uh, we'll never grow. Let me just, this is a good note for you. If we don't struggle, we don't grow. If we don't grow, we don't change. And if we don't change, we stay stuck. Stuck in what? Glad you asked. Stuck in the, stuck in the same mindset. Stuck in the same fears. Stuck in the same torment. Stuck in the same bitterness. Stuck in the same anger. Stuck in the same depression. Stuck in the same old addiction. All right, let me say that halfway again, not all the way. If we don't struggle, we don't grow. If we don't grow, we don't change. If we don't change, we stay stuck. How many of us is that, how many of us that pertain to today? The reason you're struggling is because God doesn't want to be like the man prying open that cocoon for you. God is watching that cocoon. And he's smiling at the cocoon of your life. That makes sense at all. Seeing you become who God has always called you to be. Right? And here's the same, here's another thing. Our struggles can become our strengths. So imagine, I just see it in my spirit, in my eyes, that same bird who's struggling and straining and trying to break away through that egg is the very same muscles that that that, that eagle is going to have later when he's soaring. That same person who told you, you're stupid, you're not good enough, you're not going to be anybody, is going to be the same force and energy that you're going to exert to become that somebody, to be smart, to get that amazing education, that that same energy energy. Amen. You guys out there, that same struggle is going to produce some amazing strength and some amazing characteristics in your life. So today, don't resist the struggle because if you resist your struggles and your wounds, you're going to resist, you're going to risk your development. 
You're going to risk your development, who God has called you to be. I remember when I planted this church, oh man, years, a few years ago, three years ago. This is our second location, by the way, and we've come a long way. But those who've been here uh, since the beginning, especially my wife, I have to just share with you, I struggled so much planning our church. And I thought, man, God, you're not in this because I don't see what I want to see in this. Some of you right now are not seeing what you want to see, but it does not mean that God is not with you. Some of you are not seeing what you want to see, but it does not mean that God is not with you. That's for somebody here today. You're not seeing what you want to see, but it does not mean God's not with you. In fact, it means God is with you because he's watching that cocoon shake. He's watching that cocoon tremble. He's seeing a little hole come about, and he's seeing breakthroughs happen, right? He's seeing you muster up your strength. He's seeing you become uh, stronger and more mature, right, for your potential and for your benefit. But when I was planning this church, man, I was a bad speaker. I'll be honest with you. I was a bad speaker. My wife was so gracious and generous. She, I would say, honey, that was terrible, right? She'd be like, no, that was pretty good. I'd say, no, honey, that was bad. I kind of sink into my seat. That was bad. I'm like, God, how can you use me? But it was a struggle. It was the struggle. I went home every night or almost every night and I prepared and I prepared and I became better and I became more confident and I became stronger. The same energy that you are using to exert through your struggle is going to make you fly and make you soar. Come on, somebody out there, all right? Think of it as that way because I know in the midst of a struggle, our minds can be poisoned by the enemy that you're not going to make it. In fact, it's not in my notes. Can I just share this quick story with you real quick? It's kind of funny. I I read this little story about about four frogs. They were jumping along. And uh, two of them fell in a sinkhole. I love this. Two of them fell in a sinkhole, and two of the frogs are at top, two, uh, and two are at the bottom. And uh, the two frogs that fell in the sinkhole, they're trying to jump out of the hole. They're trying to jump, and the two frogs above are just saying, you're not going to make it. Just, just you know, you're going to die. You're not going to make it. Some of us have that in our life. You're not going to make it. So the frog, one of the frogs in the hole actually believed the people at the top, and so one of the frogs just leaped lower to its death. And then they saw that. The two frogs above. And then, so the, well, the other frog still in the sinkhole still decided to jump and still d- decided, I'm going to try to make it up. I'm going to try to make it out. I'm going to try to make it out. There's that struggle. There's that strain. I'm going to try to make it out. And the two frogs above just say, yeah, you're not going to make it. Just quit while you're ahead. Just quit. Just stop. Just stop. You have people in your life. Just stop. You're not going to make it. Your marriage is not going to make it. You're not going to get that career. So the frog is still jumping. The frog is still trying to get out. And eventually he tries harder and he gets out of the hole. And the two frogs who, who were teasing him and, and, you know, just discouraged him said, what, didn't you hear us discouraging you? Why didn't you give up? And the, the frog kind of mustered him. He's, he was making signals. He said, I'm deaf. I couldn't hear you the whole time. That's for somebody t- today. You're hearing those naysayers. You're hearing those doubts. You just got to block out the haters. You just got to block out Satan. You got to stand up firm in your faith and say, God, I am the head. I'm not the tail, God. You have a promise for me. I am a somebody. I'm going to make it. I'm not. Some of us, you feel that this struggle is going to break you, but it's about to make you. Come on, somebody. I'm glad I struggled earlier on in our church because it helped me develop. 
and your struggles is going to help you develop. What? Here's the last question for you. What do some of the most renowned, legendary, legendary, noteworthy people in the Bible have in common? What do some of the most renowned, legendary, noteworthy people in the Bible have in common? Is it their faith? Is it their holiness? Is it that they were heroes? I would say yes. But I would also say what's common between them is that they have pain and they also had wounds. Noah was ridiculed, made fun of, and laughed at. Abraham felt inadequate. He felt inferior. And to be honest, he felt like a joke. Jacob was a liar. He was a heel grabber. He was a deceiver. Moses was raised without his mother and father. He was a Hebrew living amongst Egyptians. Being someone he wasn't. King David was mistreated. He was abused. And he was maligned. Peter denied Jesus three times. You might think, how can this guy be forgiven? He denied Jesus. Think about that. Paul the apostle was jailed and he was beaten. How about Jesus, our savior in the garden of Gethsemane? And in fact, Mark chapter 14 would tell us that in the garden of Gethsemane, he was overwhelmed to the, to the point of death. He was, he was so stressed and depressed and filled with anxiety because he was human too. He was sweating blood. And I love this prayer. He prayed, Father, if it is your will, basically saying, I will do it. If it's your will that I struggle, I'll go through it. If it's your will, God, that I struggle, I will go through it. Why? Because I'm going to be that eagle, right? Because I'm going to be that butterfly and I'm going to soar. Come on, somebody, you guys out there. If you enjoyed the word, why don't you give the Lord a clap? All right. Hey, next week, I really, I know, so this is the trend for the last four years. Uh, so I want you guys to come to next service, but also come to night of worship. What's, hap- what's happened over the last few years is people come to the night of worship and not the morning. Somebody, you guys ought to come both, all right? It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be awesome. And next week, I'm going to be talking a lot about healing. We've been talking a lot about wounds, which is important why we're, why we're doing this series. But I'm going to talk about healing. And some of us, we need to heal up. We need to heal up. And I'm going to tell you, uh, and over this series, I hope you realize, I've been transparent. And, and actually, I'm going to be more transparent. I told you earlier, I, I, I struggled with some uh, with the spirit of death, but I also struggled with some other things as well. I struggled with depression. I struggled with inferiority. I struggled with abandonment, and I struggled with the spirit of death. And lastly, and as of late, I'll share this with you, being transparent because I'm a work in progress. If you aren't, then I, I can't meet you. I can't talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. All right? I'll be honest with you. Because I want you to know that your pastor is being worked on. He's in the cocoon, and he's pressing because God is watching him and God is over him. And as you are growing, God is God's growing me. Amen. In fact, it might be the other way around. You're growing because God is growing me. All right. Come on, somebody. But here's one I'm, I've been seeing as of late. And you struggle with this too. Anxiety. I've struggled with that a lot lately. But you know what anxiety is? It's when your responsibility and your resources exceed your limits. It's when your responsibility and your resources exceed your limits. So what do you do? You trust God for today. And you work with today. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Today is what you got. Today is a gift. 
So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your five-year plan. God has you today. You have the money in the bank. If you have that, you have what you got. You got the bank. Whatever you have is what you have for today. Tomorrow will worry about itself. The best you can do is plan, and God will, will honor that. Amen? So when you feel like your responsibility, and it's like a bridge. A bridge collapses when there's too much weight on it. That's what anxiety feels like. So if you're struggling with anxiety, God got your back. Maybe you got to step away and take, sometimes less is more. Come on, y'all. All right? All right? So struggles. God works through our struggles. Hey, as a part of our Wounded series, we've been sharing testimonies every week. We have an amazing testimony that we would love to share with you. Uh, take a look at the screen. My name is Lori Graham, and I was wounded. Growing up, my uh, world, my dad was in the Air Force, and um, we had lots of parties, and our life was crazy in the 80s, and uh, I was molested as a child and kind of broken, and my one rock, my one person that protected me always was my mom. When I was about in junior high school, I found out that my rock was sick and had lost her kidneys. And I think about, I was, when you're in junior high school, you're super rebellious. You don't know what you're going to do or what's going to happen in your life. And you're just kind of confused in general. And so, of course, I rebelled and was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have done. My mom was there. She was my rock. And then... She started to get sick and more sick and more sick and in and out of the hospital. She had lost her kidneys. She had a kidney transplant and then she lost that transplant. And then she was on dialysis and sick all the time. And she was just my everything. When I was in a, a bad relationship and held captive for three years, her and my dad are the ones that rescued me. And took me to a city in the middle of the desert in Lancaster, if you're familiar with it, and I began my walk with Christ, and I, w I spent every moment with my mom. And a couple years later, after I had kind of been healed from my past, my mom passed away. In her death, I firmly believed that somehow, some way, she brought my husband to me because she was always the one trying to hook me up in the hospital with male nurses. <laughs> So I have to believe that she brought me this perfect man. And the thing about that is that, that that's my deepest wound. It's the thing that I don't think it'll ever heal. It will close up and you'll go years sometimes without feeling that wound. But then sometimes it just gets raw and real. But the great thing about Jesus is he's been in that situation. He knows how you feel. He's had that wound for you. And so through all of that, through the blood of Christ, I am healed. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.